0: Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. If you look across the denominations that exist today, you would find that Christianity as it is practiced has some clear varieties. There are those who preach a gospel that is to be believed as an open invitation to all and as a necessary step in coming to faith for all, whether or not they were born to Christian parents or whatever their background. That is, it's an evangelical understanding of the Christian religion. Evangelical, in the sense that the gospel needs to be preached and believed. Salvation is by putting your trust in the living God, by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Other branches of Christianity also, while they do not in any way deny the importance of faith in Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, is the object of their faith. They would believe that Jesus died. For sinners, that his death was necessary, he rose again from the dead, and that he will come again while they hold to all of these essentials of the faith. As far as the relationship with God is concerned, the focus is really on the performance of religious duties, a sacramental form of religion. There are divinely ordained rites, R-I-T-E-S, that gives one axis and maintains one in the privilege of a proper relationship with God. Now, many in the evangelical conviction would deny the relevance of sacraments or a sacramental approach to religion and faith. Even the major distinction between gospel-preaching Christianity and, say, Judaism, on the other hand, is a focus on the part of Judaism, on the keeping of laws and regulations. This would be an orthodox or conservative, very conservative branches of Judaism. A focus on the observance of the laws of God as elaborated in the Talmud. This would seem to be a later emphasis and development within Israelite religion. Pharisaism was a movement that arose in, toward the end of the era before the coming of Christ. And this is a branch of what was in Israel in the first century that eventually becomes Judaism. So this emphasis on rule-keeping and regulation is not even found in the prophets. Of course, what God gave to Israel as a covenant was something to be kept. And yet, from Moses on, we find an emphasis on a right heart toward God and conduct in terms of how one regards God and how one deals with fellow human beings as the hallmark of a right relationship. Now, when we study the book of Galatians, we find that this perspective of what is the true nature of religion is very much at the heart of what is going on as a controversy. There are those who are adding a requirement of keeping the the obligations or regulations of the Mosaic law, as a requirement upon Christians. And Paul, when we come to Galatians chapter 3, will argue that this is contrary to even the promise and the design of God in regard to his intent to bless humanity. God had a great plan, He which he launched in the calling of Abraham and worked out in the subsequent eras and ultimately fulfilled through the coming of Christ for the blessing of all Families of the earth, all the nations of the earth, for all diverse populations of the earth. This was launched with the calling of Abraham. God called Abraham from whatever his background was in Mesopotamia and called him with a promise that he would bless him, he would cause him to multiply, he would give him the land that he would show him, and added to that, that in Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Now, the Apostle Paul, when we come to Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 and following, would say that this Abrahamic promise is primary. It is fundamental. It is at the heart of the divine program to bless humanity and to bring us salvation. The law is something that was added on later. It does not edit. It does not amend. It does not take away from the divine design and plan and purpose as enunciated as promised, guaranteed, provided in the Abrahamic promise. So he articulates it this way in Galatians 3.15. He says, To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring, by a promise. What God did when he called Abraham was to make a promise and he promised that in him and then he clarified that in the seed of Abraham all the families of the earth would be blessed. Through Abraham, that is through his ultimate offspring who is the Messiah, the Christ, who was born and appeared on this world as Jesus of Nazareth, who was of the line of Abraham Through him, God had purposed to save humanity. The blessing was to him, and whatever God promised to Abraham was promised to his offspring or descendant, this ultimate unique one who came through Abraham. Now, Abraham lived centuries before Moses. The law given to Israel at Mount Sinai is several hundred years after God's calling of Abraham and the promise given to him. And the promise given to him when we read the book of Genesis is very clear. He repeats it. He, he adds to it. Not only is Abraham going to be blessed and be a source of Abraham, God is going to make him into the, a in the multitude of nations. Kings are going to come from him. He's going to give him the land. He's going to give the land to his seed. And then in Genesis 22, in the seed of Abraham, All the families, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. So this was given as a promise. God had a purpose to bless the world through Abraham. And he does not go back on this promise. What the Apostle Paul is pointing out in Galatians is that once God made his promise and it was guaranteed and stated and given, God does not add or change the character of it by imposing Another modus, another method by which he was going to save people. He saved Abraham through faith. A relationship with God and righteousness as a right standing before God was obtained, given to Abraham through God's promise on condition of faith when Abraham believed. The law was added. With a purpose by God, but that purpose was not that people would be saved through the keeping of the law. So, if God made a guarantee and a promise, one would expect that He would uphold His promise and guarantee. And that's what the Apostle Paul is telling us about the gospel. The gospel through the Lord Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of a promise and guarantee God made way back in Abraham before any law of Moses was given. In fact, it was given even before the sign of circumcision was given to Abraham to keep. So the promise given to Abraham and confirmed as being for his ultimate descendant must remain the way God had offered it initially. Now in this passage, there is something that is sometimes subject to debate. The Apostle Paul says, God did not say two offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And that one is the Messiah, the Christ. And here he is not merely talking about words per se. The Hebrew word for offspring or seed, Zerah, can mean one. Or it can mean collective, all the descendants. But even the way in which God called Abraham and confirmed his blessings to him is very important. God called Abraham and gave him a promise that he would make him a great nation. And then Abraham waited and waited and waited. Nothing happened. He was without a child. Then Abraham, with the assistance and recommendation of Sarah, um, engaged in what we would now call uh, surrogacy. Abraham's uh, wife, uh, Sarah's maidservant, Hagar, was to... Conceived through Abraham on behalf of Sarah. And that was Ishmael. And Abraham, after Ishmael was born, came to God when God spoke to him and said, Oh Lord, you don't have to give me a son anymore. Only let Ishmael be before you. It's enough. I have Ishmael and you can bless Ishmael. And God says, no, this is not my plan. This is not what I promised you. You, through Sarah, are going to have a son. And so that promised son was Isaac. After Sarah died, Abraham had another wife, Keturah, and there were several children born to that. But at the end of Abraham's life, it says he gave everything he had to Isaac because he knew from God's word and purpose, the the line of promise, the blessing was narrowed by God to one. And this Isaac was symbolic of an ultimate descendant who is Jesus the Messiah. Subsequent to Isaac Isaac had twins, Esau and Jacob, but God said only one of them is going to be the chosen one. And that was Jacob, although they were twins. Now, following this, the nation is not narrowed. All of Jacob's descendants become the people of Israel. But later on, God calls out of that a man David and promises to him that there will be a descendant of David who will be The means of salvation and blessing to all the world he will be a king over all the earth so all of these promises really come to a focus in the person of the Messiah who is both son of God and son of man a descendant of Abraham and a descendant of David so the focus of the divine promises ultimately was the Messiah so what God promised As a promise and a guarantee to give through the Messiah, God is not likely to amend and change and alter by saying, okay, although I promised it to you, I'm now going to make a legal requirement that you're going to do all these things to obtain the promise that I already made to you. The Apostle Paul is saying, and the Spirit of God is telling us through him in this letter to the Galatians, that salvation even today, is meant to be by the same pattern by which it was granted to Abraham. It is through faith. There was no law of Moses in the days of Abraham. There was not even the sign of circumcision given to him when Abraham was granted righteousness on the basis of faith. God promised salvation already in advance when he called Abraham, and he will uphold the terms of that, even in its application today. And he is not going to alter the terms of a guarantee, of a promise, by adding to it and altering its provisions or changing it, just as we would understand that even a human agreement or a treaty Uh, cannot be altered once it has been ratified unless both parties agree. But here God made a promise to humanity through Abraham and to Abraham particularly, and he will uphold it because its intent is to save all who believe in him who come through the ultimate offspring of Abraham, who is Jesus the Messiah. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.